Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. And other fake news stories. This is Uncovering the Truth with Rudy Giuliani and Dr. Maria. Guarding against misinformation. Fake news. And it doesn't seem to be making a difference. Using common sense thinking with New York Street Smarts. Now, with Dr. Maria, here's Rudy Giuliani. Welcome to Uncovering the Truth. It's a very somber day. I am joined by Mayor Rudolph Giuliani, and I am Dr. Maria, and we are sponsored by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. We started our morning very early at 6.30 down at the prayer service with Frank Siller in the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, and we began... Um, honoring those who have lost their lives and those who have suffered from ongoing illnesses and began to listen to the reading of the names before our show. Today, Mayor Giuliani, I, Mayor Giuliani and I are going to take you through a little bit of timeline. Some of you will remember this. Some of you weren't born. Some of you were too young to remember, but I hope you'll get a lot out of this. On the morning of 9-11, a total of 19 terrorists will hijack four California-bound commercial airlines shortly after their departures from airports in Boston, Massachusetts, Newark, New Jersey, and the Washington, D.C. area. It all began at 5.45 a.m. in the morning when hijackers Mohammed Atta and Abdul Aziz Al-Omari passed through the security at Portland, Maine International Airport. Less than two hours later, the five terrorists who will hijack American Airlines Flight 77 are videotaped as they pass through Washington Dulles International Airport. Three of the hijackers, Nawaf Al-Hazimi, Khalid Al-Mindhar, and Majed Moged, set off metal detectors, but no weapons are found. They proceed to the gate. The hijackers are carrying concealed knives on their persons, or in their their carry-on packages. At 6 a.m. in the morning, that day is a primary for New York City, and elections are being held for mayor, public advocate, comptroller, and other city offices. 7.59 a.m., Flight 11 takes off. American Airlines Flight 11 takes off from Boston. 11 crew members, 76 Passengers and five hijackers are on board. The aircraft is filled with 76,400 pounds of fuel for its transportation run all the way uh, to the west to the west coast. At seven, at eight fifteen, flight 175 takes off. Also from Boston. This is a United Airlines flight, and it is also uh, headed to Los Angeles. It has nine uh, crew members aboard. It also has on board uh, 76,000 pounds of fuel and uh, is headed across country. 
Flight 11 crew members contact ground personnel around 8.19 a.m. Flight attendant Betty Ann Ong alerts American Airlines Airlines ground personnel to a hijacking underway. Shortly before Ong's call, a hijacker, likely Saddam L. Suquami, stabbed the passenger seated directly in front of him in first class. Hijackers Mohammed Ada and Abdul Aziz Al-Omari are seated in close proximity. At 8.21, two minutes into Ong's call, the hijackers turn off the plane's transponder. After several failed communications at 3.32 a.m., flight attendant Madeline Amy Sweeney reports the hijacking of Flight 11 to a friend on the ground, a manager at Boston Logan International Airport. At 8.20, American Airlines Flight 77 is en route to Los Angeles, taking off from Washington Dulles International Airport. Six crew members... 53 passengers and five hijackers are on board. The flight is loaded with 49,900 pounds of fuel. At 8.24 a.m., Flight 11, hijacker transmits a message. Attempting to communicate with passengers and crew inside Flight 11's cabin, hijacker Muhammad Ada presses the wrong button, broadcasting instead to air traffic control and unwittingly alerting controllers to the attack. Minutes later, Adder again makes an unintended transmission to ground control. At least one of Adder's transmission is picked up by the pilot of Flight 175, Victor J. Saracini, who will inform the Federal Aviation Administration of what he has heard minutes before his own plane is hijacked. At 8.30 a.m., the World Trade Center comes to life. Morning activities have commenced at the World Trade Center, commercial building complex in Lower Manhattan, owned by the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, an interstate agency, in addition to the signature twin towers, Tower 1 and Tower 2, called the North and the South Tower. The complex included a hotel, three World Trade Center, four office buildings, four, five, six, and seven, a large shopping mall, restaurants, a public plaza, and a major transportation hub consisting of uh, subways and and the PATH train from New Jersey. Around 8.30 a.m., roughly 80 people have gathered to attend the Risk Waters Group Financial Technology Conference on the 106th floor of the North Tower. 72 restaurant staff have arrived already in advance of the morning's breakfast service and conference preparation. Other special events of the World Trade Center planned for September 11 include the annual National Association for Business Economics Conference, which is already underway in the Marriott Hotel, an evening dance performance on the World Trade Center's outdoor plaza, and a Peace Corps information session, which was scheduled for 6 p.m., in six World Trade Center. At 8.42 a.m. September 11, 2001, Flight 93 takes off from Newark, New Jersey. United Airlines Flight 93 had seven crew members, 33 passengers, four hijackers on board. The San Francisco-bound flight, which is filled with 48,700 pounds of fuel. 
At 8.46 a.m., the North Tower was attacked. Flight American Airlines Flight 11 into the floors of 93 through 99 of one World Trade Center called the North Tower. The 76 passengers and 11 crew members on board and hundreds inside the building are killed instantly. The crash severs all three emergency stairwells and traps hundreds of people along the 91st floor. People start to notice. Listen to cut one. All right, uh, Pat, we are just currently getting a look at the World Trade Center. We have something that has happened here at the World Trade Center. We noticed flame and an awful lot of smoke from one of the towers of the World Trade Center. We are just coming up on uh, this scene. This is easily three-quarters of the way up. We are, uh, this has, whatever has occurred has just occurred uh, within uh, within minutes, and uh, we are trying to determine exactly what that is, but currently we have a lot of smoke at the top of the towers of the World Trade Center. We will keep you posted. Tom, we just saw that smoke go up at about the same time you did. It was like one huge pop. That's exactly what we had seen. We had seen what, uh, we had turned around with Jeff. We were at the George Washington Bridge. We had seen a fireball, and I can tell you it appears as though something has gone into the World Trade Center. I'm looking at the north side of what I believe, well, what is the North Tower, so I would uh, guess that's Tower Number 1. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is about three-quarters of the way up, maybe even three-fourths of the way up Tower 1. There is smoke now billowing out of the top of the World Trade Center. I'm looking at what appears to be broken windows. Uh, I want to say that this is about... Uh, ten stories down from the top, maybe a little bit more than that. But there now appears to be smoke pouring out of the gash of the north side of the World Trade Center. My heavens, this has just just happened within several minutes. Uh, let's try. We're going to try to get a little bit of additional detail about this. Uh, but currently, uh, Lower Manhattan is, uh, I, I would say, as of right now, going to be a big, big trouble spot. 8:50 a.m. While visiting elementary school in Sarasota, Florida, United States President George W. Bush is informed that a small plane has hit the North Tower. President Bush and his advisors assume that the crash is a tragic incident. Let's take a short break. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. This is Uncovering the Truth with Rudy Giuliani and Dr. Maria. Guarding against misinformation. Fake news. And it doesn't seem to be making a difference. Now, with Dr. Maria, here's Rudy Giuliani. Welcome back to Uncovering the Truth on this somber day, September 11th, 2022. I am with Mayor Rudy Giuliani, and we are sponsored by by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. We are reading the timeline of events that morning. We're going to continue at 9.03 a.m. when the South Tower is attacked. Five hijackers crash United Airlines Flight 175 into floors 77 through 85 of 2 World Trade Center, which is called the South Tower, killing the 51 passengers and nine crew members on board the aircraft in an unknown number of people inside all of this time 
the NYPD and the FDNY are trying to rescue people in both towers. At 9.05 a.m., the President of the United States, George Bush, was informed that it was not a small plane that flew into the tower, that it is indeed a terrorist attack on our soil. 9.05 a.m., the New York City mayor arrives at the New York PD command post. Of course, that was me. And it says, Mayor Rudolph Giuliani rushes to the NYPD command post near the World Trade Center. At 9.30 a.m., the Mayor's Office of Emergency Management um, reports to the U.S. Secret Service or receives a report from the U.S. Secret Service that there may very well be additional hijacked planes which prompts the Office of Emergency Management to evacuate its headquarters at 7 World Trade Center and to disperse police throughout the city. At 9.37 a.m., the attack ensued at the Pentagon. Five hijackers crash American Airlines Flight 77 into the Pentagon. The 53 passengers and six crew members on board perish. The crash ensuing fire kills 125 military and civilian personnel on the ground. At this time, all aircrafts are told to get out of the skies and 100% of airplanes are asked to ground. 9.45 a.m. evacuations begin at the White House in the United States Capitol where the House of Representatives and Senate are in session. Throughout the morning, officials across the country are in the process of closing buildings, bridges, and other public spaces. At 9.58 a.m., several 911 calls from Flight 93. There are 37 telephone calls that have been known to come from the hijacked plane Flight 93. Most place from the rear of the plane. The plane was flying so low that it picked up 911 calls. Listen to this call from a mother to somebody on Flight 93. Crash in the aircraft, so if you can, try to take over the aircraft. Uh, 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 There doesn't seem to be much plan to land... uh, plan the aircraft normally, so I guess your best bet would be to try to take it over if you, if you can, or tell the other passengers. There's one flight that they say is headed towards San Francisco. It, it might be yours. Uh, uh, so if you can, group some people and perhaps do the best you can to, to get control of it. Uh, I love you, sweetie. Good luck. Bye-bye. One minute later, 9.59 a.m., After burning for 56 minutes, the South Tower collapses in 10 seconds. More than 800 civilians and first responders inside the building and in the surrounding area are killed as a result of the attack on the South Tower. At 10.03 a.m., crash of Flight 93. Four hijackers crash Flight 93 in a field near the town of Shanksville in Somerset County, Pennsylvania, after passengers and crew storm the cockpit. The 33 passengers and seven crew members on board perish. 
The crash site is approximately 20 minutes flying time from Washington, D.C., and it is believed that that flight was heading towards the Capitol. At 10.15 a.m., a damaged section of the Pentagon's west-facing outer ring collapses to the ground. At 10.28 a.m., the collapse of the North Tower. At 11.02 a.m., the New York City mayor orders evacuation of lower Manhattan. Near the World Trade Center, when the South Tower collapses, Mayor Rudolph Giuliani and senior members of the administration find temporary shelter inside an office building close by. As the dust begins to settle, they walk north, intent on finding a new base of operations for city government. Reporters catch up with the mayor who urges the public at 11.02 a.m. to evacuate Lower Manhattan. He will continue to address the public in briefings at temporary headquarters at the New York City Academy throughout the day. Quote, I would like to take this opportunity to tell everyone to remain calm and to the extent that they can evacuate Lower Manhattan. New York City Mayor Rudolph Giuliani. At 12.30 p.m., a group of 14 survivors are located in the ruins of North Tower's Stairwell B. Everybody had hope that many more could be rescued. At 3 p.m., FDNY rescues survivor at World Trade Center site. And then, unfortunately, at 5.20, the collapse of 7 World Trade Center. Stay with us on this somber day and learn from Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who has a first-hand account. Many of us stood on his shoulders, not only New Yorkers, but America at large. We listened to every update, to every briefing that he did. He offered us calm and a sense of hope that we will get through this together. More about this day, September 11th. 2001 when we return hoaxes and other fake news stories this is uncovering the truth with rudy giuliani and dr maria guarding against misinformation fake news and it doesn't seem to be making a difference using common sense thinking with new york street smarts now with dr maria here's rudy giuliani three sides of tower number one and that is the only building it's exploding right now this is rudy giuliani with Dr. Maria on Uncovering the Truth, sponsored quite appropriately by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org, the organization that's been in existence since that day, that cared for many, many of the victims' families and now for many of our service members who are still continuing the effort to protect us. So I thought maybe it would be best since we've gone through the timeline. I mean, we did have to leave things out. And of course. It's only necessary to get through it. If you want to just ask me que- uh, questions as if this is not my, my show. You know, I'm just, I know it's I'm a-, a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guest. I was, um, you know, a firsthand witness and intimately involved in it. So I have a perspective that others don't. That is right. That is correct. And I can see in your future, maybe you could go to elementary schools and and talk to the children so history can be taught about this 
terrible day. And I know it's a hard day for you, Mayor Giuliani. And leading up to this day is hard. Uh, you disclose, you get very little sleep. You still have nightmares of watching people fall from the building. They say over anywhere from 100 to 200 people jumped. That's a lot of human beings. That's a lot of souls who didn't want to be burned alive. How, how tell us about that morning for you. Well, I mean, it started as a normal morning. It was the primary day, as you pointed out in the in the uh, in the timeline. It was supposed to be an easy day, primary day. I was having a meeting uh, about ten o'clock that day with Mrs. Jackie Robinson and Mrs. Pee Wee Reese. Anybody wives of two? Uh, there we go. Yeah, great Brooklyn Dodger baseball players, two of the greatest, and of course Jackie Robinson is a man of historic importance who broke the color barrier and baseball we were going to build a uh, a statue to them at the new met ballpark minor league ballpark in brooklyn i never made it there and they got trapped and had to be rescued uh because uh, i got notice of the plane Uh, again my notice was the same as president bush's it was a twin engine plane that was the original when i got there uh the second plane it hit i knew it was a terrorist attack i knew it was bin laden largely because I had been briefed every week on terrorism. We had a joint terrorism task force in New York for a number of years. Now, New York had a previous bombing by terrorists, correct? New York had a previous bombing uh, the year that I ran for mayor, before I was mayor. It had other terrorist attacks, and I prosecuted terrorists. as a United, I was the United States attorney in Manhattan before I was the mayor. So I had a very, very... Much more uh, than uh, than usual uh, knowledge, knowledge of terrorism and also uh, of bin Laden because uh, for a year to a year and a half, we had been getting threats mm-hmm. about him attacking our city. We even closed down areas of the city because of possible attacks by him. Uh, when we knew it was a terrorist attack, Bernie Carrick, my police commissioner, and I immediately looked at each other and said bin Laden. Uh, we closed the bridges. We closed the tunnels. We... Uh, Disperse the police. I think maybe the thing that people should know that they don't know, I mean, they don't realize, is that a lot of our attention, meaning Carrick and I, was to protect the rest of the city. The fire department's sole focus was to evacuate. So I went right to the fire department command post. I, I always believe that the mayor had to go right to the scene of an emergency. Many of your staffers comment, instead of you going to a bunker, instead of you leading at a secure location, no, you, no, you literally you went lead, to the towers, you, you, too. You lead from the front. Right. Uh, the, 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 there's no such thing as leading by following. That's called following. Right. You lead from the front. And if you lose your life... Uh, you lose your life. I mean, this is the job you you signed up for. And if the mayor can't stand up to these miserable terrorists, how are our citizens going to do it? So we went right to the scene. I wanted to put the police commissioner and the chief in charge of the fire rescue together so we didn't make a mistake. I knew we were going to make a mistake. You can't possibly do this. I wanted to minimize the mistakes. It's an unbearable situation. You guys did a fantastic job. You can dwell on a little mistake here or there, but I hope you never do that, Mayor Giuliani. I do. I do. I, I do, but I, I, I also, uh, uh, look, as I told Queen Elizabeth, which I guess is quite appropriate to say this now, the day that I was knighted, I said to her, I don't deserve this. This, I stood on the I stood on the shoulders of giants. Two of them are going to come right after me, and it's the, the rescue workers in my city that make me 
Yeah, somebody, and you mean Bernie Carrick? honor. I mean Bernie Carrick, and I mean my, uh, my Tom Van Tom, Tom, Tom Van Essen and Richie Shearer, who has now passed away, who is head of emergency services. They were the three immediate shoulders that I rested on, and they rested on the shoulders of some of the greatest heroes in American history. And the Queen, beautiful woman that she is, said, "Mayor, it always takes." a leader to bring them together and you were a great leader and i said well you're being very very you're being very kind and then she asked me about them and i told her about them and then she thanked me for invoking the memory of winston churchill and i said that was quite genuine because he's one of my great heroes and when i went home that night i read his book that part of his book about the battle of britain so that i could incorporate how do you get through this yeah. And how do you convey courage uh, to your to your people? Uh, I was trapped at, with Bernie and with Denny Young and with uh, the deputy police commissioner and the chief of the department. Forty of us. We were trapped when the first building came down, which was the South Tower. That I that was my, my telephone call to the White House was interrupted by that. I see. So you guys went, you were out on the streets trying to assess what was happening and the, t- the tower started to come down, big plush of Well, actually, we're, whatever. we're, we're out on the street. We, uh, uh, Carrick, uh, Commissioner Carrick and Chief Gancy, who was the incident command, what we call the incident command. Yep, I know what that he is. He was in charge <laughs> yep. of the incident. The, yep. te- the incident, my gosh, you know. I know. The incident in massive capital letters and red. Yeah. Uh, once they got it all worked out, what he needed from the police, I said, uh, uh, Pete, take what you need from the police department. I'm taking the rest mm. because the rest are going in other parts of the city. See, my so I, I felt I can't fight the fire. He can. Tom can. Right. But I can do. And of course, that's what I was good at. <laughs> I mean, that's what I did all my life. I can fight the damn criminals. And then I come. This, there's not going to be another one of these things in the city or we're going to kill him before it happens. So I got. Bernie and I deployed our police department. We brought everybody in. We borrowed police and we put them in every part of the city where we thought these people could attack us again. What a great story because people forget that because something horrific happened and there was so many personnel down at the towers or at the Pentagon. I'm sure that happened in Washington, D.C., but under your leadership here... The rest of the city, you didn't know whether there was going to be further attacks. I thought so you were right, Johnny, on the spot, making sure the rest of the city was safe. The, uh, Maria, just the opposite. I, I, I was being told there would be other attacks. Ah. Uh, on the street, Bernie and I were being given. We were told that the uh, we were told that the uh, tower in Chicago was attacked. That the uh, Mall of America was attacked. We were told qu- quite correctly that the Pentagon was attacked. The other two not being correct. We were told there were planes headed for us uh i think you read one of the timeline where we got an official notification that would that, that there would be an attack from um from the military that was an official notification and then when i called the white house and uh, i was told that there were seven planes that weren't accounted for so that i better better be on on alert but i was also told that vice president cheney had dispatched fighter planes to protect us which i said thank god and then Vice President Cheney was about to get on the phone, and the building started to shake like an earthquake, and the building next to or two blocks from us came down on top of us. Oh, my God. So we were trapped in that building for about a half hour. When we came out of the building, we had to make probably the most difficult choice that we had to make 
at least up to that point, which was, do we go outside or do we stay inside? Now, I had 50 of the top people of New York City with me. If I stayed inside, they all could have died if that building collapsed. Mm. And I had no reason to believe it wouldn't collapse. The other one had collapsed, and the darn thing was shaking. Mm. Uh, if I went outside, I could see people coming in that were seriously injured. I knew that some of my people would get injured outside from the debris that was fly, 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 flying in the street. But Bernie and I and, and Denny Young had this conversation, and these two men, Denny has passed on, and Bernie have uh, uh, courage of um, remarkable dimension. I mean, they're made of courage. And uh, we calculated that if we went outside, only a few people will die, probably, because the debris can't hit everybody. And if we stay inside, we could lose everybody, so let's go outside. You know, I was now, glued to the TV, uh, and I remember you being out on the streets. People were following you, and you were telling the camera crews and everybody. Immediately. Go away. Walk uh, north, you I know, think you, you know were why, saying. You know why I said that? That's the last thing Pete Gancy said to me. Okay. Pete, I said, Pete, what, what should I tell the people? I'm going to get a microphone as soon as I can. because i got to communicate with everyone. What should I tell people? I never just made this up. I went right, to my right. expert. No, no. What yeah, should absolutely. I tell people, Pete? Pete said, tell them to get the F out of here. Yeah. Because they're crowding this place. I'm going to need this place all day, which is why I know he did not expect an implosion. He expected an all-day collapse of the building. He said, get them the F out of here. Use the police to get them out of here and, and get those roads open. So rightly so. And being a hospital CEO and being an executive, I understand incident command. And you have to and I had let the best your in the lead, world. You have doctor. to let your leaders lead. Stay with us with this fascinating conversation with Mayor Rudy Giuliani about September 11th. 2001. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hoaxes and other fake news stories. This is Uncovering the Truth with Rudy Giuliani and Dr. Maria. Guarding against misinformation. Fake news. And it doesn't seem to be making a difference. Using common sense thinking with New York Street Smarts. Now, with Dr. Maria, here's Rudy Giuliani. My father's died, land of the pilgrims' prime. From every mountain side, let freedom ring. This is Rudy Giuliani uh, back with Uncovering the Truth, sponsored by, again, as I say appropriately, Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Make your $11 contribution now. If you don't do it now, what's wrong with you? Now, uh, uh, that song is also, and we picked it on purpose, uh, Dr. Maria and I, that is also the national anthem of uh, the United Kingdom, God Save the king or until a few days ago god, god save, save the, the queen. queen and that's why we we picked it and i must tell you our strongest ally on september 11 was the united kingdom because they lost the second most number of citizens possibly, possibly canada but if you consider united kingdom in canada and uh, uh how many approximately in the, in the hundreds uh, yeah. I, i've forgotten uh, but in the hundreds a beautiful service at saint thomas church that I attended with Tony Blair, 
became quite friendly with them as a result of that. The Canadians dedicated a day, a weekend to New York. And when I asked people to come and spend money in New York, 25,000 Canadians came to New York over a weekend and gave us a fortune. Um, so, um, but go ahead, Doctor. The, yeah, I do want to ask a few more questions about September 11th. But since we're on the Queen, passed away at 96, 70 year reign. After September 11th, I'll never forget September 13th, 2001. She had her band play the Star Spangled Banner. I started crying. I, she had a love of America. And then in 2002, when she honorary knighted you and re- and honored your leadership. Rudy, you're always willing to say Tommy Van Essen this or it's the true. incident. Right, right. I would do the same as a leader. I didn't do it. And, they did it. And you've so rightly pointed out, even though it was the worst day for the obvious, oh, the people goodness, who died, yeah, their I've families, 20 years. the city. But you so rightly pointed out that it, what came out of it was greatness. There was heroism. There was people who sacrificed things. I know New Hampshire people flooded New York to help out in the hospitals. And you rightly point out it was a great day in that respect. And you honored, even when you took the honorary knighthood, you said you're taking it for New York. Yeah, when I, I, owe, I have said uh, 1,000 times since then that it was the worst day and the greatest day for my city and in my life. Uh, this year for the first time, uh, the Trump derangement syndrome people have attacked me for that second statement for which they should, uh, really apologize. But they in, should in, apologize. In, in any event, what I mean by that is it was a great day of bravery and heroism and, uh, firefighters lifting up flags and American citizens lifting. I'll get, tell you a story about bravery. There it was about four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Below ground are fires of four and five thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Myself and Tommy and, 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 and Bernie and Richie are, are worried like hell that our firefighters are going to get caught up, sucked down into the, into the fire. And, or maybe we are because little craters would open up. And all of a sudden I see these big, big men walking toward us from the north. They look like tough guys. They almost look like maybe mafia guys or something. And the first guy comes up to me, big, big New Yorker, probably twice my size. I said, what are you doing here? He says, we're construction workers. We took off. I said, but what are you going to do? What do you don't have? He said, what? What? You, You need strong people that can pick up beams. We can pick up beams. We can help. We can pick up beams. Who sent those men? They came on their own. There must have been a... I'm, oh, were they called the Bucket Men? They, I, I don't know I what they were them. called. They were called American Heroes. Uh, that's what they were called. And they went into that damn fire. And they had minimum equipment. And they picking up things. I can't even imagine how they picked them up. And they even took some bodies out at that point. And they, and they gave our firefighters... Um, you know what that does, uh, Maria? It gives you a sense that you're not alone. It, when those people came and volunteered... And and when I saw the, I was like pretty down when I found out that Father Judge was gone because he was my crutch. If I had a crutch, it was Father Judge. I, I didn't need a crutch on the law enforcement side or the technical decision-making side. 
because I've been through that all my life. That was my life, law enforcement. Fifty emergencies, all different kinds, Flight 800. And in the Reagan administration, I handled immigration emergencies and law enforcement emergencies and riots and blah, 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 blah. However, my issue was how do I, how do I explain death to people? And Father Michael Judge taught me how to do that. He would hold my hand and show me how to do it. And uh, I was just about to ask Tom Von Essen when we got to our command post, get me Father Judge. I swear to my soul that as I was about to ask Tommy that, he said, Mayor, I don't know how to tell you this. They just took the first body out of out of there, and it was Michael Judge, and they're taking the St. Peter's Church. Dear Lord. And I felt, I felt like I was, I, I remember saying to myself, you're alone. You got to do it on your own. Thank God he taught you. Please, Michael, stay open for my prayers. And I did everything I could not to cry. And I didn't. But it was about one second away. And that was a tremendous loss. Everybody needs something different. He was my crutch. And they took it from me immediately. Mm. I know you lost a lot of people the city lost a lot of people the country lost a lot of people downey chief downey was the best search and rescue person in the world he invented it he taught it to people all over america you remember oklahoma city first thing governor keating who was a colleague of mine and a friend of mine calls me wants downey downey heads down there with 78 of our firefighters and police officers Downey had trained just about every search and rescue person in the United States. They all came and helped us. And every single one of them came up and thanked me for Chief Downey. (laughs) Every single one would come and kiss me and say, you had one hell of a guy there. And thank you for giving him his going away party. I had given him his going away party a month earlier at Gracie Mansion. He wasn't going away. He wasn't retiring. But Von Essen and I decided we're going to give him a retirement party so maybe he would retire. (laughs) And enjoy free time a little His bit. His wife wanted him to retire. He had four kids who were fire, or three kids who were firefighters. But he was a genius at search and rescue. Can you imagine the weight on Tom Von Essen? He lost the best search and rescue guy in the country and that guy's entire team. He lost his his biggest experts in handling this. And he had to find new ones. And boy, did they step up. That's what I mean by it was a great day. Yes. And it was the greatest rescue operation in history, as documented in the 9-11 report. I want to stick that in people's faces when they come up with little criticisms. The 9-11 Commission, which was critical of certain things, said this was the greatest rescue operation in American history. Yes. And, and I hate to bring you back to this day. I know every year people want to interview you. You have to relive it all the time. I know from your own disclosures about the nightmares that you still suffer from and the love you have of all these people and your city. Terry Hatton. I'd like to thank you all for joining us on Uncovering the Truth every Sunday at 10 a.m. This was a little bit difficult today, especially for Mayor Giuliani. Thank all of you for joining us. Well, I I don't know who to dedicate this to. I dedicate it to all the men and the women who who served and gave up their lives and uh, Stephen Siller and and so many others. But I think think of my assistant for 40 years or whatever, Terry, uh, Beth Hatton, her husband, was the captain of Rescue One, 
Terry Hatton, who died saving people. And at his funeral at um, at St. Patrick's Cathedral, I said, I want my son to grow up to be like Terry Hatton. And I say that again today. And Terry's daughter is now a great and wonderful young lady. God bless you, Terry. And you tell all your people in heaven, we love them. We could not have survived without them. We wouldn't be here today without them. And you're what America is about. And God forbid we've got to face this again. We're going to live up to your example. God bless America. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.